Yesterday, I was up before the dawn, and I really must have enjoyed my stay, but Provy must be moving on. Provy's going away! See ya! See ya, Provy! That was uh, essentially the Michael Scott goodbye, Toby, except I didn't want to do the falsetto like, goodbye, Provy, because nobody needs to endure that for more than like whatever I just did. But yes, Ivan Proveroff, folks. He's gone. You might have heard it on last week's BSH radio, but he got traded just after I put out Fly Purbly last week. How about that? Oh, wow. But yes, Ivan Provorov is gone. Huge trade Danny Briere has already pulled off. And we haven't gotten to hear Ryan Quigley's two cents on the matter. Quigs, how are you feeling about this move, my friend? What a day Tuesday was. Am I right, Steve? What a whole day that was. That was so... It was actually perfect when it when it all went down. I got home from from my lunch break, and I was just like sitting down, and I was like, "Huh, what am I going to write about?" I really wish the Flyers would do something. And then I opened my computer and I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, here we go." Oh boy, That's did they exactly do what something? I was hoping for. Then they did something quite quite big. Um, what a trade! What a first trade from Danny Breeze. And as I have, so I was listening to the. Um, uh, I believe it was the 31 or 32 thoughts podcast. And apparently according to Elliot Friedman, someone around the league called um, Danny Briere quote, big brass ones, Briere. Oh, big balls, Briere. I'm all about it. Big brass ones, Briere. Big brass so, ones. Oh boy. I'm, and I'm you know what? Honestly, it. like that takes some cojones to make a trade like this as your first trade Ever, not as the Flyers general manager, as an NHL general manager, period. Absolutely. To, I mean, to do something this creative and this kind of bold as your first trade, it, it makes sense. And now a lot of people say, like, is it really bold? Because, like, Provorov, like, it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to be back. But, like, that's a big piece that he moved out. That's a 24, 25-minute-a-night defenseman right there. Like, yeah. that's not... That is no small potatoes as far as your defensive workload goes. Like, it, despite the play of Ivan Provorov these past two, three seasons, like, the guy is still eating up a lot of minutes. Like, it's not like he's this horrible defenseman either. Like, I know people have been, like, dunking on him, saying that he's terrible and this and that. And, like, he has not been good. But, like, it's not like he's been, like, low-end third pair bad. Like, he's still playing at the level of like a average probably second pair defenseman which is still very valuable and that's where he's going to play that's where he's going to play with the columbus blue jackets is likely going to be a second pair defenseman because you would think. well i mean especially given the moves they've made in conjunction with this yeah. trade so let me just give a quick rundown of everything that happened because there's a lot to run down here. So there's a three-way trade with the Columbus Blue Jackets, Los Angeles Kings, and Philadelphia Flyers to Columbus, Ivan Provorov. Kings retained 30% of his salary cap hit. To LA, we're really going to miss these fellas. Huge pieces of the Flyers pie. Kevin Connaughton and Hayden Hodgson. Oh, RIPD, fellas. I honestly forgot about Hayden Hodgson 
I forgot about both those guys. I forgot. I, I knew Connaughton was like doing something, but then like Hodgson, I remember he like owned so much of the mental capacity in my brain at the beginning of the year because it was like he 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 played in the home opener. I'm like, why is he playing in the season in the season opener? <laughs> One he of those names be playing at all. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then Hayden Hodgson, he he disappeared for the rest of the year, and I did not think about him again until this trade happened. He disappeared for good reason. There was a hundred percent a reason. Yeah, because he wasn't good. Yeah, exactly. And then the Philadelphia Flyers in this deal get Cal Peterson, goaltender. $5 million cap hit. This was a big one for LA because they wanted to re-sign Vladislav Gavrikov, one of the most fun names in the NHL. They also acquired Sean Walker, who's a right-handed D-man, 2.65 cap hit. Uh, Helge Granz, is that the pronunciation here? I've heard it a couple times, but I've already forgotten. I've heard Helge. I've heard Helga. Helga. Um, like, hey, Arnold. And then I've also heard Helge. Hey, Arnold. I know that it's Grands though. Let's call him uh, like Grands uh, Grands Biscuits. How's that sound? Grand Grands Biscuits. Yeah, that could yeah. Work. <laughs> sure. Why not? Well, well, it's it's a little rough. We'll work yeah, on. Yeah, you know, it's we'll the first pass. It. We'll right there. I, I hadn't thought about it before this second, but uh, we'll just call him Helgi. All right, so Helgi over here, the the Hell Man. He's a 21 year old project, a right handed defenseman. So hey, why not buy low on that guy? See if you can. I, I think you just something. came up with it, Steve. The Hell Man. Hellman, Hellboy, 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 Hellboy. Nah, right I kind of like right. Hellman more. Yeah, but no, Hellboy's a character. Hellman's nothing. I know, but Hell, like that's the thing. He could be the Hellman. Like Hellboy know, already I exists. He's, I know, but like, yeah, I like it, Hellboy runs off the tongue a little bit better. Hellman's just like I think Hellman. Hellman. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> on, on with the okay, rest wait, of the trade. No. The rest of the trade, uh, 2024 second round pick from the LA Kings, 2023 first round pick number 22 in the draft. Now this is the Kings pick, but it's technically received from the Columbus blue jackets in the deal from, for right. the flyers. So, you know, whatever it's the 22nd overall pick. I'll sure as shit take it. And a 2024 second round pick from the Columbus blue jackets on top of this. Okay. Columbus also made a big swing and traded with the New Jersey Devils for Damon Severson. So because of this, Ivan Provorov is likely going to be a second pair defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets behind Wierenski and Severson. And he'll probably be playing with uh, David Juracek. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he's going to be playing in a role that's more suited with what he has kind of exhibited the last couple seasons. Um, but like... Also, I, I don't know, like it's it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that he does kind of resurrect his career in Columbus because it was just so obvious. He just didn't want to be part of what the Flyers were are doing like you. We all saw it on his ex, during his exit interview. It was like, hey, like I think it was Charlie who asked him, like, you know, we're going into a rebuild now. Like, what what are your thoughts on that? And he was basically just like, yeah, that's not what I want. <laughs> and it's like, oh, OK, I'm out. So he, I mean, it was obvious that he wasn't exactly thrilled about being a flyer and now he's going to somewhere where he might like it more, which is the funniest thing about it is like he goes from Philadelphia, which he hated. And now he's going to Ohio as if that, that'll be any better. Um, <laughs> Jeff Carter is just cringing right now. Oh, poor Jeff. I mean, poor Jeff. Hey, he got He got out of it. He pouted his way to LA. He, he absolutely did. Jeff Carter. So, you know, let's 
just talk about Ivan Provorov's career as a Philadelphia Flyer for a minute here, because he has been here a while, and that was a rough one. Been a while. There we go. That's better. But Provorov has been with the Flyers organization since 2016-17. He has been a Flyer for a long time, and you know it's it's there's been highs, there's been lows, it's been all over the place. So I mean, one of the high points I always think about was that that second year was really like his first like established year, but. 41 points, 17 goals, 24 assists in the 17-18 season. It was a hell of a year. Uh, it didn't really make any sense that he had 17 goals. He really didn't belong on the power play or anything, but yeah. he worked, and it was a hell of a season. I mean, 17 goals from a defenseman is damn good. Yeah, no, I mean, he started his career off very, very – I know his rookie year, like, there were the bumps in the road, but, like, that's to be expected with any – defenseman I remember during his rookie year in particular there was this game against the Blackhawks when the Blackhawks were like still good and I can't remember who I think it was Patrick Kane someone on the Blackhawks um or Taves um they basically kind of came into the zone it was just it was one-on-one versus Provorov and Provorov just fell and oh yeah and, and then they it was like an easy breakaway and they beat whoever the Flyers goalie was at the time to to, to score and it was just rough. It was so bad. But, like, as soon as that happened, like, you see Provorov go to the bench and, like, Giroux goes immediately right over to him. Bad leader. Noted bad leader, Claude Giroux. Noted. Goes right over to Ivan Provorov and he's like, hey, man, keep your head up. Like, you know, it's going to be fine. And then it turned out to be fine because, like, the next year he was out. He was very good. That year, I think it was that second season with, um, with Ghost. I mean, that, that pairing that year was one of the best pairings in the NHL. They were outstanding. Awesome. They were so much fun to watch together. Yeah. When they clicked, they were really, really great together. And the thing about Ivan Provorov when he first came in the league, like he's been a minutes hog since day one. I Literally. Mean, he played 2018 in his first damn game against the LA Kings. Like, and his first season... I think this is overall he averaged 24.05 a night, which is an incredible amount of minutes to be on the ice in a hockey game. Uh, one would argue he was out there too many minutes and his play suffered because there's yeah. no damn reason that guy should be on the power play. And we'll get to that in the lows a little bit more. But when Provorov was good, he was really damn good. And that season with Ghost, he was fantastic. And his season with Matt Niskanen in 2019-20 was fantastic. Yeah. I mean... It really looked like the Flyers had a legit top defensive pairing for the first time in a long time. And it's just awful that, you know, Matt Niskanen at the end of that, you know, and given the circumstances, I can't totally blame him. But after the bubble and the COVID, the COVID shortened season and everything, Niskanen just walked away from the game entirely. Has has anybody heard a word from Matt Niskanen since he retired? I've heard zero. I have no idea. What that <laughs> I don't man know is what right he's now. doing. I have, he could be a bartender for all I know. I don't know. I just thought of this because, like, I, I think of how he retired often because it was that, shocking. Like, that tor- it was shocking and it torpedoed Ivan Provorov's like career and it torpedoed that Flyers team because Chuck Fletcher and, and I mean Niskanen was probably Chuck Fletcher's best move overall, and Fletcher yeah. could not recover. Because it worked out so well, and Fletcher just had no recovery from that retirement. I remember he, he tried to bring in Gustafson, and that was a disaster. Yeah, it was so bad. But, like, I just want to know, like, talk about totally falling off the face of the earth. I, I commend it. I wish I could do that. Um, just disappear. <laughs> well, he's rich, unlike you. Yeah, I'm not rich. I can't just disappear into obscurity like that. 
Unlike me as well, it's worth noting here. But yeah. Very much not rich. But um, yeah, like he. Let me say this about er, like early Provorov after the 2019-20 season. One thing I'll always there are two highlights from that season that I'll always remember: the overtime winner against the Canadians, where he went like coast to coast. Um, yeah. That was unbelievable. And then he scored the game six double overtime winner against the Islanders in the in the bubble playoffs. Oh yeah, that was yeah, amazing. That was a great moment. I, I kind of forgot about that. Two great moments, and I was just like, after that season, I was and maybe I was getting a little. I mean, well, I was getting ahead of myself based off of you know what happened later on in his career the next couple of years. But like, there was a time after that season where I was like, this guy, if he continues this trajectory, could be on Norris ballots one day. Like that's how high his ceiling was for me at the time. I thought he had such a high ceiling and I don't think I'm alone in that camp either. I thought he was going to be very, very, very good for a very, very long time. And then when Niskanen retired, he just, it's like he lost. It's like Niskanen took part of Provorov with him into retirement. It was bizarre. Yeah, I, I have no idea what happened there. He just looked like he forgot how to play hockey. And, like, is Matt Niskanen one of Ivan Provorov's horcruxes? Like, is part of Ivan Provorov's soul in Matt Niskanen? It's very possible. But I, I don't really understand what happened there. And it's it's just stunning to me because this is a guy that if you go back and listen to old podcasts i've definitely said this is a guy that i think is a number one defenseman yeah. for the philadelphia flyers he played and like it like he looks like one for i 100 percent that was the case yeah i don't know what happened and i guess that is a good opportunity to transition into talking about the lows so yeah the play really dropped off after niskin retired he really just has not been a reliable defenseman over the past two seasons or so and he's just also been a just unpleasant person to have around on the team in the locker room i mean you've heard murmurs about how he just kind of threw fits about not being on the power play i don't know if fits is the right word but like it He definitely wanted to continue being on the power play, even though everybody and their mother could tell you that he was no good on the power play. Yeah, it was it was horrible watching him play on the power. play, And that's what was like, like power play two. sure. Go ahead. That's where a defenseman like him kind of should be. But like when Ghost was on the team, there's no reason why Ghost shouldn't be power shouldn't be quarterbacking the top power play unit. Um, I know he drove everybody crazy because he kept missing the net with his like point bombs, but like, but he had point bombs. That's something he that's could do thing. that nobody else. And on the he team moved could the puck. Do. He moved the puck. I thought a lot better than Provorov ever did, and he could walk the line like Provorov, and he could skate better than Provorov. I thought. So, yeah, I don't know. It was terrible. Yeah, I mean, so there was that, and then just, I mean, even before all the Pride Night stuff that came up this season. There was that whole tirade at the, you know, at the exit interview day on the previous season where he went off in the media for making up basically lies about him and writing their glory stories, as he said. One of the pissiest moments I've seen in Philly sports history as a whole, like just a total just piss baby about that. And it's the weirdest thing about that was like, it's not like going into that. It's not like people were writing these long stories saying, like, Provorov sucks, trade him, this, that, and the other. Like, people were just saying, like, yeah, Provorov's having a down year. It's 
it was just a very, very strong reaction to stories that were valid. Like they were valid story. It's not like people were coming out and saying that he's the worst player on the team or anything like that. But that's the way he responded by saying like, oh, like, doesn't matter what I say. You guys think I suck anyway. And it's like, no one says you suck. No one has ever said you suck. They, we're saying you're not playing your best hockey is what we're saying. I Yeah, I don't understand why he had that reaction to that. Because again, I, I thought the articles were all yes. fair and nobody flat out said, this guy stinks straight yeah. up. I'll hang up and listen. And, and like, I, I believe it was Jordan Hall who asked the question. I'm just like, why are you going off on Jordan? Jordan's like one of the fairest reporters. Like he, I, I don't know. I thought that was so weird. Yeah, Jordan's great. Like, I, I, I did not understand that at all. Made zero sense. And then I don't think we really need to hash out the Pride Night thing too much. I mean, we yeah, we've gone over it a million times. Very disappointed by his decision that night, how the team executed that, how, you know, everything with that. Although it was very funny when he got removed from his dog's Instagram account briefly. That was, that was hilarious. One of the funniest flyers. That was very funny. One of the funniest flyers things I've seen that, in years. I really do think, like, I mean, we've heard reports and everything. Like, it, 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 you have to wonder how Scott Lawton and JVR, the two leaders of the locker room the last couple seasons, like, they must have, there's no way there was a good response after that. Um, and, like, I believe we've heard a ton of reports, especially coming from Charlie. Like he wasn't the most popular guy in the locker room. And it's like, yeah, you kind of, you know, the way he was acting up and like this just ego that he kind of developed. Um, and then the pride night thing, it just, I feel like everyone got rubbed the wrong way. And after a while, it was just like, all right, dude, like it's go somewhere else. Just please go someplace else. He needs a fresh start. The Flyers need a fresh start. And let's just talk about this trade. And let's talk about the value that Danny Breer got in his first big swing. His first swing at all yeah. with the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. And I love it. I think this is a phenomenal trade. This is a great first move from Danny. This is a great rebuilding move. And to extract that kind of value and to have that creativity for a guy that I think it was pretty well known, at least here that his reputation was not very good, that he was not a good hockey player on this team anymore. You know, like to extract that kind of value, I think was really, really fantastic on Briere's part. Yeah, I, I love this trade. Um, so, f I mean, first things first, you get the f you get another first round pick in this year's draft. In this, and you want as many first round picks in your, yes, this year's draft. This is the year to have a lot of first round picks because it is so incredibly deep. So they have... And that's it's not even this year. I mean, they have two second round picks in next year's draft too. And now you look, you look at next year. They have four picks in the first two rounds next year, um, because they also have Florida's first round pick in next year's draft as well. Um, so it's uh, he he stocked the Flyers up with a lot of draft capital, which is great for a rebuilding team. That's exactly what you need. Um, and I think also I want to say the fact that the Flyers didn't retain any salary is incredible. Now, people will counter that by saying, well, they took on the contracts of Sean Walker and Cal Peterson. Okay, I get that. But the, my, my kind of response to that is Sean Walker's like a good, useful defenseman. Like he's going to play a big role for the Flyers this next year. Like he'll probably be... Not the, only is he a useful defenseman... 
but he's also on an expiring contract. Exactly. He only has one year left. Right. And this is more trade capital. This is a guy you can dangle at the deadline and actually get a couple more picks. For. Right. And then, for- and if you don't trade him, if he works out, he worked out. Exactly. It's a good defense. It's a, you know? it's a like, plus plus. I, like you can't really. And he's go only right. got a two, six, five cap hit. That's not really that much. Yeah. And then you have Cal Peterson who granted had, was horrible last year. He was, he was, it, he had an opportunity to kind of take the starting job from Jonathan Quick. And he just got outperformed by Phoenix Copley and then eventually Jonas Corposalo. And then, like, next thing you know, he's spending the basically the entire season in the AHL. <laughs> Perfect timing for that. But the thing, with, the thing with Peterson is he has shown in the past that he could be good. Earlier in his career, he looked like a very solid up-and-coming goalie. But even if he's not – even if he – if what we saw from Cal Peterson last season just is what he is now, if that's who he is now as a player, okay. Because, yes, he has a high cap hit and it's an objectively terrible contract, but he only has two years left on his contract, this coming season and the season after. And the Flyers aren't even expected to be good in the next two years anyway. So what – who cares? Who cares? Like, what's the like? What's the matter? He's – like – like, oh, sure. no, they didn't get that cap hit so they could sign all those free agents and win the Stanley Cup next year. They're not year. trying to sign free agents. I'm not expecting the Flyers to be very active in free agency this year. because Nor should Danny, they be. They shouldn't be because Danny Breer has said time and time again, we're trying to get younger. This is we're like we're rebuilding the right way. We're, do, we're doing it through the draft. We want to get more draft capital. This is the time to do it. Like, they are not in the business to be competing. And, like... Cal Peterson's $5 million contract for the next two years. What's that keeping the Flyers from accomplishing? Nothing. So I I love this trade. I'm a really big fan of this trade. They got what they needed, which is draft capital. They got two. They got a functioning defenseman, which like, who knows if they keep him long-term, they might not, but at the very least they have him for next season. A functioning defenseman is a big thing on this team. It is. It is huge. You got Cal Peterson who like, you never know. He could end up turning his, his career around here. And if he doesn't, whatever. It, it won't really matter at all in the long run. And then you got a respectable uh, defenseman prospect in um, Hel J. Grants. So I am so happy with this deal. And they gave up not much to get it. And let me, let me, let me actually rephrase that. Ivan Provorov isn't nothing. But it just, he didn't have a future in Philadelphia. He didn't have a future in Philadelphia and it very much felt like his reputation was tarnished and he was a guy that like if Chuck Fletcher was the one selling on Provorov here, I have no faith that Chuck Fletcher would have been able to pull off a deal like this. It feels like Chuck Fletcher would have settled for a second or third round pick and called right. it a day. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, he, this is he I mean Chuck Fletcher's not out here getting the grounds master over here, you know? In one trade, Danny Briere blew Chuck Fletcher out of the water. And that's not exactly a difficult feat, considering just how incompetent Chuck Fletcher was at his job. But this is as good a first move as you can possibly hope for for Danny Briere. And um, it's really exciting. It's, this it's is, the it most was, exciting he showed, I've been about this team in a, a long time. I know. He, he showed creativity. Um, he was aggressive. He was bold. I think this is a great first trade for Briere. And... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just love this trade for the Flyers. And it, it just feels like... And this is not the end either. There's going to be a lot more of uh, a lot more 
pretty possibly significant trades coming, I think. Yeah, there is going to be a lot more because we have just been hearing the rumors left and right since this trade happened. I mean, Carter Hart has been just constantly brought up, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago, but things have intensified on the Carter Hart front. I don't think anything is going to happen still, but you never know if somebody's going to come and blow away Danny Breer with an offer. Uh, You know, teams that have been talked about the most are are Canadian teams, specifically Edmonton and Toronto, because they both had goaltending issues over the past few years and those are teams with tremendous offensive capabilities but they just can't they can't get over the hump and get in that stanley cup final tremendous offensive capabilities no goaltending sounds eerily familiar steve oh wow wow like many (coughs) 2010 flyers Um, okay, so hey, those those guys, Bush and, and Layton, did the best they could. At the, they did, or their ceiling was very low. They, yeah, well, yeah. I, the big shout out, big shout out to Bush. Love Bush. The, the great, I do love Bush. Big Bush fan. The greatest what if from that season, and I actually had a great conversation on Twitter about what ifs earlier today. But uh, the greatest what if from that season is what if Ray Emery is healthy because. They went into that season with Ray Emery as the plan, but then Ray Emery, Ray Emery had a terrible, terrible hip issue, yeah. and it just completely derailed him, and that's why it ended up being Michael Layton. And you know what? We talk a lot of shit on Michael Layton, but Michael Layton really was a hero in that season that could have been nothing, and that is probably my, you know, most liked flyer se- it might be my best flyer season as a flyers fan you know like at least the postseason run because i've seen two runs to the cup final in my lifetime at least as you know a sentient adult or at, i was a teenager for one but it uh the one ended with a sweep against the detroit red wings and that was just awful uh this one at least was competitive and fun but anyway to the what if i had earlier so you and Flyers hit me up on Twitter and was asking if I could, you know, rewind and undo one thing. What's a sliding doors moment I would go and, and rewind and undo. And I always go back to Ilya Brzezgalov. And I think that was the, the worst contract this team has ever signed. And blowing up that team for the sake of bringing in Ilya Brzezgalov, getting rid of Richardson Carter. It's just my moment that I will forever rue this franchise for doing. I just think that was insanity. And this is all just to support the fact that goaltending is such a big issue here. And it's hard to think about trading Carter Hart because Carter Hart is the best young goaltender with potential I can remember. I mean, I was very excited about Bobrovsky back when the whole Brzezgalov debacle happened. But Bobrovsky, you know, Bobrovsky was an undrafted free agent. He didn't have that much clout. We didn't know that he was going to go on to have the career he had. Uh, Nobody thought he was going to have the postseason he was having this year. But, you know, Carter Hart came in with a lot of expectations, and he hasn't quite lived up to those very, very lofty expectations. But that's not to say he's been bad. He's actually been a really solid goaltender on a very shitty team. So it's with a heavy heart that I have to come out and say I am in favor of of a trade if the trade is right. I mean, it's funny. You see a lot of debate on Twitter right now where people are like, well, you know, you don't trade him for the sake of trading him. Of course you don't trade him for the sake of trading him. Nobody's saying trade him for the sake of trading him. <laughs> that's, that's insanity. You trade him for a King's ransom is what you trade him for. And yeah. if the... somebody backs the Brinks truck up, you don't say no. You say how much is in the Brinks truck. Right. That's, 
that's the situation. And the thing with Hart is not only is he very good, but he's still so young. And there are so many like goaltender is one of those positions where teams would give up body parts to get even a competent goalie, let alone a young and very good goalie. Um, the amount it would take to get Carter Hart would be absolutely gargantuan. And you have to, if you're Danny Breyer, you have to listen. And I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall and just hear some of the offers that he's getting right now. Cause I guarantee you some of them are outlandish, just insane packages. And I think Briere, as the draft gets closer, I think he's just going to try and keep milking as much out of some of these offers as he possibly can. And if he gets, if he gets an offer that he just, he cannot refuse then he's got to, he's wow. just got to run with it. Wow. Was that a Godfather yeah. impression there? It was. I mean, Hachi, machi. I can't refuse. Um, but yeah, no, <sighs> I, I think you have to listen to what's out there. That's his job as general manager. And that's what he's been saying since day one, since he was named the full-time GM. He's been saying like, I'm going to listen on everybody. No one's untouchable. We are open for business. Um, and that includes Carter Hart. If someone's calling and they have a really good offer and I can't turn it down, it's my job to listen and possibly make a move. Um, will, will a team actually come forward and make that sort of offer? Who's to say right now? No one knows. But if that happens and they, and he gets an offer that is just ridiculous, you have to say yes. What's your definition of ridiculous here? Like, I I don't want you to like I know you don't like to do too much of the trade speculation, but I, I'm just trying to put the framework together for what we consider a ridiculous deal, because like I would imagine in my mind, a ridiculous deal would be like multiple years, first round picks. Yes. And a prospect of note. I would say. Uh, I would say multiple first round picks. Um. One of them being a high first round pick, excuse me, in this year's draft. See, that's Although a that, tough one because it, most of the teams that would want to trade don't have a high first round pick in this year's draft. And that's the thing. Like, it, it wouldn't make sense. But, and I think Kelly said this on BSH radio, that like it wouldn't make sense for a bad team to trade for a goalie right now because they're all rebuilding. But like, GMs are really dumb. And they do a lot of dumb That's things. True. Think of the Chicago Blackhawks from what was the Seth Jones trade like two, three years ago, uh, a trade that they had no business making. It did end up uh, rewarding them because the NHL is corrupt with Connor Bedard. But at the time it was like, are you insane? They traded for Seth Jones and made this just like insane contract offer to him. And that's one that even with Bedard, they will be paying for for years. Yes. Yeah, I agree. But then, I mean, look at the Flyers. Look at the Flyers with Brzezgalov. I mean, insane move. And it's just like sometimes NHL GMs just get brainworms. And they do just unbelievably unfathomable stuff. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe the Sharks. I know that's like one of the teams that's quote-unquote rumored to be in talks for Hart. Who knows if that's even true? I'm sure a lot of people are just trying to get, gain clout on social media. NHL GMs are sometimes really just insane with their thinking and you can, you never can predict it. And like I was saying earlier, some, some teams are so desperate that they will do anything just for a goalie. Well, and there's a new sheriff in town in Toronto. So we'll see what happens up there. Yeah. 
Now, let me say this. If if it doesn't... And again, this is more just like, you know, what an ideal package for Hart would be. If the Flyers aren't getting a high first-round pick in this year's draft, I'm thinking they would want like three first-rounders for Hart. Like something crazy because this is just... You don't see goalies like Carter Hart get traded. Because there's no reason to trade him unless you get something crazy. Exactly. Uh, unless Carter Hart comes to you, and I think he's only up to be an RFA for his next contract, right? So unless Carter Hart comes to you and demands a trade internally, like there's no reason to trade him unless like somebody gives you something crazy. Right, yeah. So by all accounts, it feels like Danny Breer is doing everything the exact way he should. He's, he's listening, listening to offers. Yeah, he's listening to offers, and I guarantee you he's just trying to milk as much out of every offer as he can. He's not just like, going to the GM WhatsApp group and saying, uh, hey, who wants JVR? Oh, nobody? Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Chuck Fletcher. Let me tell you. One of the other big names that's come up this week, and he's uh, been coming up a lot in the past couple days, it's one Scott Lawton Scooty Lutz himself. Scoot. And there is some word on the street that there are a couple teams that might be poking around for Scott Lawton. I've heard the Senators may be interested. Little re reunion with Claude Giroux, Claude Giroux over there. Uh, the Maple Leafs are a team that's been up in the air. And the thing about Scott Lawton is every team in the league can use a guy like Scott Lawton. And listen, I know a lot of y'all, and I'm talking to the people in my very own Slack here, are going to act like you want to miss Lots a little bit. I'm not even talking about a ton. I'm just saying you'd miss him a little bit because Scooty Lutz, one of the only players I like on this team and a lot of people like, and uh, people are calling him the last captain. They were the next captain last season, you know? You'd all miss Scott Lawton a little bit, okay? I'm not saying that I wouldn't trade him. I would absolutely trade him, especially for the right price, but, like, I'd miss him. So the thing with Lawton is, like, so uh, Elliot Friedman was talking about this a little bit on 32 Thoughts on Monday. And he basically said that the Flyers are like torn in that they're getting like they're getting a lot of like serious offers. And like it might get to a point where like they're going to get an offer that they just can't say no to. Um, But like the thing with the thing with that is like I do get why the Flyers would be torn because like you were saying, like he's one of the likable players on the on the Flyers right now. He is by every measurable way of explaining it he is like such a phenomenal person from all of his charitable work he does to being like uh, a very outspoken supporter of the lgbtq plus community um and plus he's a good player he's coming off the best season of his career like he logged career highs in every statistical category like every major statistical category He's a guy who can play in, like, all situations. He's right. a guy who is, like, you talk about a tough, gritty player. He's absolutely a tough, gritty player. He's a good, like, energy guy. He's a great locker room guy. Nominated Again, for the King Clancy for three straight years. He's not he's the just, most phenomenal offensive performer, but he's a guy who can play on the PK. And again, like he can put up a pretty goal here and there. And I just, you know, he's just a likable, likable guy. I think he's probably the most likable guy under contract on this team right now. I really like Scott Lawton, but I also think every team in the NHL would like Scott Lawton. Yes. And that's the thing. Like if a team is just willing to give up a, just a stupid package for Scott Lawton, you can't say no to that. And I understand and like a stupid package here is very different than a stupid package for Carter Hart. Because like if you gave me like any first round pick for Scott Lawton, I would yes. consider that a stupid package and take it. If I get a first and a third, I'm doing it. 
A first and a third and a prospect, I'm doing it. Like, even if it's like a I don't even need the prospect. I would take the first and the third. I would take a first because I I really like Scott Lawton, but I don't think he's a player worth giving up a first-round pick for. I, well, I, I don't think he's worth a first-round pick either, but teams would do it because that exact reason. He's got the leadership and this and that. And, like, like I was saying before, I get why the Flyers would be torn because, like, as they go into this rebuild, they do – it's not a bad idea to have a guy like Lawton in the locker room as they keep bringing these small or small, these like perhaps small young guys into the locker room as they like start their NHL careers. Like having a guy like Lawton that carries considerable weight. Like it's good to have someone like that in the locker room. If you get an offer, that's just like knocks your socks off. You can't say, Oh wow. What a great offer, but I'm not going to accept it because we really want someone who's going to be nice to the young kids. Like you can't do that. You have to just bite the bullet and do it because that's what's best for the future of the Flyers. So, and as the those offers are only going to get more and more free, frequent as the draft approaches. I, I feel like I, I wouldn't be shocked if Scott Lund's on the team next year, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they trade him. And if they do trade him, it's going to be a much, much bigger package than people think it'll be. Oh, for sure. And I, I think, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I'm 100% there with you. Well, hopefully Danny Breer is wide awake and can see that the perfect sky is torn. <laughs> I don't know if that's a reference to something. That is but... a reference to a, a 90s song right there. A very, very 90s song right there. But okay. one guy that we, I think, would be very surprised to see on the roster next year is Kevin Hayes. And... Kevin Hayes, a lot of people were saying the easy move there was the Columbus Blue Jackets, but the Columbus Blue Jackets made a little bit of a controversial hire last week, and they hired Mike Babcock, who I can't believe old Lant- Lantern Jaw is back in the league, but here he is. And it doesn't really make sense for the Blue Jackets at their stage to hire Babcock, but they did it. And would Kevin Hayes really want to go from John Tortorella, who he has not functioned with at all to Mike Babcock, like hard ass to hard ass. So real quick, Ivan Provorov going from torts to Babcock is kind of, is flat out just hilarious to me because if he didn't like torts, Oh baby, like, just you wait. Did he not like torts or did he not like the Philly media and the situation? Oh, I think yes to all of those things. I, I don't, <laughs> what like, does Ivan Provorov like? That was also that was another thing that he said at the end of his uh, at his end of season press conference. Like he was asked about his relationship with Torres, and he was like, essentially, he said, "I mean, it's he's the coach, and it's his job to run the team, and I'm the player, and it's my job to play. We're not gonna dis- we're not gonna agree on everything, and we haven't. And even Torres came out and said, like, yeah, we've gotten into it. So like, <laughs> it's it it doesn't." Let me say this. I'm not saying that, like, he hated torts, but it sure doesn't sound like they would ever go golfing together in the offseason. <laughs> they're not getting cheesesteaks. Uh, they're not the getting game. steaks at, at they, no, they're not going to. They're not, tr- they're not trying to decide between Pat's or Gino's. Between the they're not going to John Throw's pork for a quick brunch. There we go. Time. That's a good one. But cheesesteak note real quick. Re- real quick side note. I tried, uh, have you heard of Donkey's Place before? I've not. So Donkey's Place is over in Camden. And I had not tried it before, but I've heard about it. And 
Donkey's is uh, unusual in that it is the only place that serves cheesesteak on something besides a long roll. They serve a cheesesteak on a Kaiser, a poppy seed Kaiser roll. Oh, wow. It's, it is an interesting way to give it. I'll say what? I'll say this much. Damn good sandwich. I don't know if I consider it a cheesesteak by the the cheesesteak review board, but I I definitely enjoyed the hell out of it. It was a hell of a sandwich. It was bigger than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a pretty small sandwich. It was huge. And uh, recommend. Do recommend, even if it is over in scenic Camden. But yes. On, uh, this, on this topic, so... I, for those of you who don't know, I live in Richmond, Virginia. I don't even live in Philadelphia right now, but that's going to change soon. Stay tuned. Oh, wow. um, basically, I live in Richmond, Virginia, and a coworker of mine was telling me that we were talking about the best pizza joints in the city. My favorite place is a place called um, Belmont Pizza. It's very good. Highly You're talking about Richmond, FYI. This right? is Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Yes, Richmond. Uh, Belmont Pizza is very, very good. It's one of the only like pizza, re- like, real pizza joints where it's like it could go toe to toe with like a Philly pizza joint or a New York pizza joint. And it's phenomenal. And then he recommended I go to a place called Mary Angela's. And so I went with my girlfriend and we tried the slice and the slice was very, very good. Still unsure if it's better than Belmont, but they have cheesesteaks there. And maybe, I I don't know if it's just been a while since I had a cheesesteak, Steve. (laughs) Been a while, but that cheesesteak knocked me on my ass. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, it was so good. So if any of you people listening to this are ever in Richmond, Virginia, for some weird reason, go to Mary Angela's, get yourself a steak from Mary Angela's. It is quite, quite good. Excellent. Excellent recommendation right there. What kind of bread? Is a just regular long roll, no seeds or anything? Uh, long roll, no seeds. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't need the. I don't need no seeds. Um, uh, good sesame seed roll is fantastic. I, I don't come like around. sesame seeds. Uh, you don't like sesame seeds? I think they. That, no, not really. Okay, we're gonna. I, I'm, well, we're gonna we're gonna get you a good sesame seed roll next time you're up here. Okay? Yeah, it's, yeah. We'll it's, see. It's, it's, it's some good shit, my friend. When it is done right, it is fantastic. I used to not be a believer. I used to not be a believer, but the past like couple years, I've had some phenomenal sandwiches. I feel like they've refined it and they've made the bread better with the sesame seeds. So we're going to have a good one next time. I think the Angelo steak, which people rave about, I actually still haven't had. So uh, the Angelo steak, I believe, is on a sesame seed roll. Okay, well, I do I do want to hit Angelo's because I know that they're pizza. You and I, next, next time you level. come up, we're going to do I haven't had it yet. So you let's and do I it. Go. I, right. th- this is happening. With the, like, write it down. It's I just got a new mobile definitely mic. Happening too for such occasions so i can bring the microphone we can do live <laughs> yeah we'll do a live fly perbly while we eat steaks and pizza oh that Angela's. sounds great for a, a listening audience right here oh i bet <laughs> oh do, you know it can be it can be an asmr eating eating asmr episode perfection let me there are you. some people who go to sleep watching asmr videos of people eating chick-fil-a with the like a microphone in their mouth as they're chewing i'm like that I, is I hate that disgusting <laughs> i hate everything about that like i i listen to it's ocean so noises I, I I listen to ocean noises. Yeah, I like ocean noises. Ocean noises or rain—that's what I usually go with. You know what I would love as an ASMR video? A video of someone just like petting their dog, and there's just a very sound-sensitive microphone right next to the dog's fur. 
I'll tell you what, I'll try to make this happen once we uh, we get Brucey boy. Uh, we're, we're a little over a week away from Fly Purr Puppy over here. So Brucey Bruce. boy. Bruce, the boss. Can't wait to get him. We are excited for him. Uh, so going back to Kevin Hayes real quick, though, from this whole adventure yeah, talking about donkeys play because it's Fly Purpley. That's how we did that. And <laughs> going back to Kevin Hayes. So if the Blue Jackets are not an option, are there any other teams you see as being a potential option for Kevin Hayes? He's a very strange player at this point in his career. He's got a big cap hit. He had his, one of his best offensive seasons last season, but his defensive game has just completely fallen off a cliff. It's kind of hard to tell because he does have that modified no trade clause. So I don't know exactly where he would go. Uh, and I, I don't really want to take any guesses um, because like before Babcock and all these like wild trades that the Blue Jackets have been making, I really thought it was going to be Columbus just because it made so much sense. Boston, baby. Let's make it happen. Okay. Patrice Bergeron that's, retires. That's one team that would make sense. Is because, Buddy like, Brad Marchand up there? Yeah. He's from Boston. Like went to Boston College. Like I think that would make a lot of sense for him to go to Boston. But will Boston be able to make it work? I don't know. I know he's got a big... The Flyers are going to have to retain salary on Hayes, I, w- I'm, I would imagine. Hey, the Arizona Coyotes are always out there to take some salary. Always. <laughs> always. Well, if they're still in Arizona, nobody I was going to say, knows. I was about to make... Yeah, I was about to make that point. Incredibly nebulous situation up there right now. It is... I. It's a complete mess. So good luck with that, Gary. So Kevin Hayes, uh, always up on the trade block, and who knows what's going to happen with him. Uh, another name out there is beloved friend of the show, big time sarcasm, Tony D'Angelo, TDA. Where is TDA gone? Is he here next year? It's hard to tell. He had a really rough end to the season with Tortorella. He was not playing a lot at that point. They did not seem to be on the same wavelength, and essentially the Flyers got what they paid for with D'Angelo, where he provided good offensive numbers, but his defensive game was just atrocious. So, I believe it was last week, Elliot Friedman once again... Um, the, he's the man now. With he, McKenzie yeah, basically like, just making Bobby Margaritas out there. You yeah. know, Bobby Margaritas used to be the man, and then Bobby Margaritas decided to focus on the Marg part. So, it's... Elliot Friedman is the man right now. Yeah, he's like kind of the the... Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter of hockey. He's right he's now. like he's like the Woj, and then maybe like Frank Saravalli might be the Shams. Yeah, Saravalli. Yeah, Saravalli's up there too. But he basically reported, I think it was last week, that the Flyers are apparently being quote aggressive about moving, finding a market for Tony D'Angelo. You can read my story on this at uh, thehockeynews.com, by the way. How um, <laughs> about that? But it, I mean. This isn't a shock. Like, it's not surprising at all that they're doing that. Like, everyone could have predicted that this would happen, especially the way Tony D'Angelo's season ended. He was benched for the last five games. He was very, very not happy and sad and mad about it at his uh, final, at his end of season press conference. It's obvious that he and Torts are not buds. We don't, we still don't know why he was benched. Um, I would love to know why. I'd but, love to uh, know. Give me every detail. I'm, I, I want to hear it at like a bar at midnight with like a couple whiskeys in me. I want to hear every dim detail. lighting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dim lighting. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it's just, it's not shocking at all because like he just, he was objectively bad for the Flyers last season. Good offensively. He put up good numbers, led the Flyers, all Flyers defensemen. And I think pretty much every major stat. Um, but but like, he was easily one of the worst defense 
defensive Terrible. defenseman in the league. Terrible. Absolutely atrocious. So it's like it's not a shock that they're trying to move from him, especially given his uh, what would appear to be a not great relationship with Torts. So we, we'll have to see what happens. But like it, it won't be easy to move him. I don't think just because of his cap hit, he's got a $5 million cap hit. But, and again, I, I always forget, man, that cap hit is rough, but like they can retain salary on him, which would be less than ideal, but like it's one season, you know? Yeah. Like it, worst case scenario, you hold on to him for one more year. Um, and then he just walk, he just goes away forever. Or like, there's also the possibility that you buy him out, but then you have to pay, I think it's like 1.6 million the next two years instead of just like eating it all next season and buying him out would technically save money. But like, I don't know, like Tony D'Angelo, like he might be back, but like, it's, it's not a surprise that they're like trying to find a way out of this. I think we should send them up to the wall, AKA playing with Ian LaPerriere in Lehigh Valley. Oh, I'm sure Tony would love that. I'm sure he'd be very happy to be sent down to the AHL. Oh, yeah, it'd be a real shame. Oh, I'd hate to see that. Let me tell you, real shame. Oh. <laughs> that, that sure would improve his, his, uh, his, his trade attitude. value. Yeah. Oh, who cares about his trade value if you just put him up there for the year? Like, fuck it. Yeah. He's done. Uh, who cares? Travis Konechny's the last guy I wanted to talk about today because TK remains, I would say, maybe the Flyers' second best trade target for teams you know like carter hart is obviously like your grail here because carter hart is you know he is a a number one goaltender if he i don't know if he's a top 10 goaltender in this league but he's a number one and that's a fucking great commodity travis konechny is much like scott lawton where he is a guy that every team should want on their team and he's a just really solid hockey player he had one of his best seasons last year and he really seemed to have a lot of things click into place who the hell wouldn't want Travis Konechny? Has there been anything substantial out there rumor-wise on TK over the past week or so? I feel like there's been like, <laughs> as many as a lot of people on Twitter are saying, chatter. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I, I don't think they're trading Konechny. If, if they do, the I mean, it's going to be a huge trade. They're going to get a huge package for him because he's still young. He still has term. Um, I feel like he's very, exactly... Very like Lawton and Hart there where it's like, blow me away and I'll yes, trade him. But that's like, exactly what it is. I don't have to. Otherwise he's got, he's on a good contract and he's a great player. I really like Travis Konechny. Happy, I would happy to see, be, see him retire a flyer, you know? Yeah. I, I have not heard anything from anyone reputable saying, yeah, the flyers are like trying to move Konechny. And so far, so far, the theme is very much exactly what Danny Briere said he was going to do from day one. He's listening on everyone. And the thing is, like, everyone's taking that comment of him saying, I'm going to listen on everybody. Everyone's taking that and running it, running with it and turning it, spinning it into, oh, he's definitely trading Carter Hart. Oh, he's definitely trading Lawton or he's definitely trading Konechny. Like, that, most of the, all of those players could be back next season. Like, we don't know. We have no idea. and I, He needs to get the right offer. I love that we have no idea. I love that we don't know. It's dramatic. It's, it's dramatic. This is, this is I, I think, maybe the most fun I have had in a hot minute Flyers podcasting. Because I truly feel like there are exciting things happening. And I don't know what's going to happen. And it doesn't just feel like the same old, same old. Like, this one trade by Danny Briere has just brought so much life back into me. This is why sports is like 
like sports is the bachelorette for guys. You know what I mean? Like for dude, like this is the this is dude's bachelorette or why, bachelorette. why did you have to ma- I'm going to get like 12 IMs right now, 12 DMs about the batch. Where's the batch update? Right update? Yeah. yeah cuz <laughs> You know? But like that's this is what it is. Like it, there's all this drama and But who's having sex like, in a windmill? Who knows, Steve? More pe- there could be a lot of people doing that. We just don't know about it. But I don't know like it's there's so much drama and it, we just dudes eat it up when it comes to trade rumors and stuff. So Dudes eat it up. Dudes eat it up. They love this shit. <laughs> Folks, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, look at that. We're back. Wow. What a product and or service that was. If there was no ad break there, sorry, not sorry. I just, you know, we're, we're getting back to that. So laugh hooray. about it. Smile. <laughs> How about that? Let's move on to some organizational news. We had a couple little tidbits on that first big one. Valerie Camillo out at Comcast. She is given her two weeks notice. She is out on July 1st, I believe it was. And I, I my personal theory she took one look at our friend the rat at the Flyers Carnival, and she got the hell out of here. I don't blame her. I would be right there with her. Our friend is adorable, and he's a fantastic mascot. And I, I you know, I don't agree. But we got well. She she didn't run away in horror. That one lady did, but she did look at it and go like, "This is <laughs> yeah, weird." The one, yeah. Like she gave yeah. a very like polite like smile and laugh, but it's like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, very yeah. definitely a little odd. It but. is weird, though, but that's fly purpley for you a little bit odd. But uh, Valerie Camillo, a very uh, polarizing figure at times with the Flyers fan base, and uh, yeah, I don't really know why some people have really blamed her for the woes of this team over the past. How few is years. it her? Pro- how is that her fault in any way? I truly don't understand it. I, I my understanding is she was the business side of things, and. I thought they actually did a nice job with the business side of things for the most part. They introduced more theme nights and stuff like that. And I know it's like, but focus on the hockey. And I like, I hear you, dude. I hear you. I want good hockey first and foremost, but like you gotta get young people to these games and interested in it, especially with hockey, because it's the most expensive sport to play. As we said many times, it's a sport in a cold arena. Like you gotta get young people out there and you're going to, you're only doing that through like star Wars night and Marvel night and shit. Like, you gotta have some fun out there and gritty, okay? Like you gotta have some fun, and that's the kind of decisions that she was making for this team. Not going like, oh, well, I think they should sign Tony D'Angelo. That wasn't her. That was Chuck Fletcher and the shadowy assortment of advisors. Yeah, yeah. I don't get the blame that she's been getting. Very odd. Very strange. Doesn't and make sense. By but. all by all measures, I've heard she's a fantastic executive, and uh, I'm sure she's. She be seems very so sweet. Next... She yeah. was great to us on um, during the carnival. Yeah. So she's always been really nice, and I've met her like twice. She's always been really nice to us, and yeah. like by all accounts, she's a she is a good executive. She's good at what she does. Uh, my understanding is she's leaving because of Hilferty going up there and getting that role and everything, and you know sometimes. Uh, just got to go for a better opportunity, especially when you're an executive at that level. Yeah. The the crazy thing about it is just like, this is so soon after that triumvirate of leadership press conference where all five of them yeah. were there together. And like, they were all like, all right, new era of orange baby. And now we already are down to four. <laughs> like yeah. a month later. 
So it's like kind of funny, but it is um, kind of funny. But hey, like I mean, if that's what she's if she's chasing a better opportunity, I mean, I would do the exact same thing. Like, and at the end of the day, she wasn't making the hockey decisions, despite what some crazy people might think. She was very much on the business side, and um, she's just going in a different direction. Yeah, I I don't know, man. It was like such a weird conversation around her but yeah good luck to valerie camillo i don't really know what else to say about that but that is news that's definitely significant news as she is towards the top now something i can slightly comment on is the flyers have hired a new special advisor and guess what he's got a former flyer connection patrick sharp the ultimate should have kept should have kept from the the uh what was it that Ken Hitchcock era and Patrick Sharp was one of those like players. I lamented the franchise giving up on too early and he's coming in as a special advisor and he's like kind of a former flyer. He's mostly a Chicago Blackhawk and is he a buddy the of Josie's heart? Th- the heartthrob of the NHL. I, he's a handsome those, man. Those steel blue eyes. Can oh, just take out a rhinoceros between him and Boucher, man. Just like, come on. What oh are we doing boy. Here? Or no, Biron. Biron was the eyes. Oh, yeah. Marty Biron, let me tell you. You know who else has good eyes? Who's that? Felix Sandstrom. Oh, wow. I've never... pretty wild eyes. I don't think I've ever looked at Felix Sandstrom's eyes. Oh, I looked at him right in the eyes once, and I thought... I felt my heart just palpitate. This magic moment. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Asia, heat of the moment starts playing. (laughs) It was the heat... Patrick Sharp. Made, the, the riff at the beginning of the song. Bam, bam, it is a great bam, riff. Bam, bam. Yeah. All right. yeah. To but Patrick Sharp we go. Patrick Sharp, besides being a, a handsome man and a, a guy who's a pretty good like hockey commentator and everything and a, a really good hockey player. I always really liked Patrick Sharp. As I said, I rude the day the Flyers uh, traded him, gave up on him too early. And he was really a key part of those Chicago championship teams. Uh, so he says uh, he's coming on as a special advisor and... Look, I know it's a former flyer, and I know we should slam them for this, but he's played hockey and succeeded in the modern era, okay? I'm kind of cool with it. Like, if they were bringing in, like, another Broad Street bully or a guy from the 80s or something, I would be pretty skeptical. But, I mean, this guy's won a Stanley Cup, what, in the past decade? He's won three. He won three in a a decade-long span. Yeah, but that would be in the past, like, 13 years he's won three. He had, yes, he has won one in the last decade. And like the thing, just like you were saying, the thing with him, and it's the same thing with Briere, is the fact that not only are they players who have played under the cap, but they were good players. Like Briere was good when he played. Patrick Sharp was outstanding when he played. These are two very, very good players who played on very, very good hockey teams and went to the Stanley Cup final. And it's just like, yeah, they kind of do know what it takes to build a winning team because they've been on them. And they're and they've been on winning teams that were on in the salary cap era. The the old pe- type of people that the Flyers would bring in would be from the, you know, the 80s or 70s. And like, yeah, if the Flyers were doing more of that, I would get it. Like that's frustrating. They're bringing in people who have no idea how the salary cap even works. And they're just going to try and construct teams that were competitive or that would be competitive back in their day. But these are two players who have back in my day, but these two guys have played hockey recently and they were very good and they know what it takes to win a title or at least get there. So I I like this. Why not? Why not? The right stuff. Yeah. 
Let's do oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. Talking about 2010. A lot of 2010 in this episode. Peter Laviolette back as a head head coach somewhere in the Metropolitan Division yet again. He's getting close, Quigs, to have coached the entire division at this point. He's now coaching Five. the New York Rangers. Five. This is the this is the fifth Metro team that he's coached. Uh, uh, uh. He is, uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing going on. He's, um, he's just, he's, he hasn't gone a single year without coaching. Wow. Except for the, um, except for the lockout year in 2004, 2005. But like he has gone basically 21 straight seasons of coaching. Like he does not take a break. He stays busy. Was he on a break before? What was he doing before the Flyers hired him in 2000? Carolina. He went straight from Carolina to the Flyers. Okay. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, you know, can't stop, won't stop. But uh, lava, spewing that hot lava all over the train station in New York. Do you like the fit here? I think it's a curious fit, and I don't really like the move. If I was a Rangers fan, I don't like the move from, from Gallant to Laviolette here. It feels like a step backwards to me. But I could be just out of touch on this one. I mean, it could work. He, like most of the time, most of the teams that he joins are good competitive teams and they kind of bring him in to take them over to the top. Um, like, you know, we, we saw what he did in Nashville. Um, we saw what he did in Philly. Immediately took the Flyers to the Stanley Cup. Um, I mean, he, he kept the, the Capitals competitive. Granted, they were... Um, someone is calling my phone and I'm about to hang up on them. Shut up. Shut it go. down. Shut it down. Um, Shut but, it down. Yeah. Why did I do it in he, Arnold voice? John Taffer's right there. Shut it yeah, down. Yeah, I was about to say. But like, he's a good coach. He's literally one of the best coaches of all time in terms of like accomplishments. He's, I think he's only the fourth coach to ever take three separate teams to the Stanley Cup. He's won one. Um, he's, he's a good coach for like, competitive teams or teams on the cusp of being competitive and the Rangers right now very much have the talent to be a Stanley cup winning team. I mean, they have the number one goal. They have the number one defenseman. They have the number one forward. Um, and I feel like, I don't know. I think it could work out, but I could also see it kind of not working as great as he has been for other teams in the past, just because like, his message does kind of wear after a while. And I don't know. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds, but I, I don't think it's a bad move for the Rangers, but I think it is a little bit of a gamble. Yeah. I think it's a gamble and I'm not sure I, I like it for them, but uh, I also hate the Rangers. So I hope they fucking yeah. crash and burn. <laughs> valid. <laughs> valid. Very valid, Steve. Final bit of news here. We're, uh, we're going to take it to the Beats, but to the former Beats, because Slam and Sammy is not doing the regular hockey thing on Philly Hockey Now, posting pictures of his TV from, like, a sideways angle or some shit. Oh, my God, it was such a bad experiment over there. But it's time for taking it to the former Beats. And Slam and Sammy, I just found out this news today, I think, and I was, like, delighted. I had to put this on the sheet immediately. Slam and Sammy is writing a screenplay. About the Broad Street Bullies. Wow. Okay. Um, what if this ends up being good? I would love for it to be good because I'd love for something good to come out of the Broad Street Bullies era. I would be shocked 
given Slammin' Sammy's contribution here. But hey, I hope it's good. I, I'm wondering, <sighs> is Rob Zombie going to be involved? Because did you hear that Rob Zombie was supposed to make a Broad Street Bullies film a few years back? Like about the Flyers? Yeah. No. Yeah, Rob Zombie had the rights and everything. He was working on it and it just like fell through for some reason. Is Rob Zombie from Philly? No, he just likes hockey. Okay. I think he just likes violence. I mean, that makes sense why he would be a fan of the Flyers. I I wish I could find the alternate universe where that film got made because that would have been a fucking insane movie because Rob Zombie's movies are fucking weird and insane. Yeah. They're very odd, yeah. They're very odd. I can't even imagine how that would have turned out. I really wanted to see it and I'm I'm sad it didn't happen. But I'm imagining Slam and Sammy's uh, TV series is what this is, is not going to work out like that. So he's working on it with a gentleman named Jeff Hare, who I was not familiar with, but I did go to his IMDb page to check it out. His first picture, besides his main picture, is him in a Phillies jersey, so that really will give you some perspective on how Philly Jeff Hare is. Yeah. And I almost did a classic fly purpley game where I did like a, a some fake films and some real films. These are 100% all real films from Jeff Hare's IMDb page here, okay? So these are his top credits. The first is bitter slash sweet, so I guess it's just bittersweet. Brian, an American businessman, is sent to Thailand in order in search of local coffee plantations to purchase, but he ends up finding more than just coffee, and that the original purpose of the trip might not even be about coffee after all. With James oh, Brolin! I don't even know who James Brolin is. Of course you don't. Uh, a pretty a pretty decent actor over there from back in the day. So he got a legit actor in that one. Sounds not good, but okay. <laughs> Second, Into the Arms of Danger, which is the most lifetime title I've ever heard in my life. Two paramedics arrive at the site of a car accident to transport an injured teenage girl to the hospital. However, instead of taking her to the hospital, the strangers bring her to a home of a woman whose daughter just died. What? (laughs) Very interesting. Very, very interesting, I guess. That's the word to use there. Then there was checking out. A famed stage actor reunites his family for a party and plans to commit suicide afterwards, unless they are able to convince him not to. uh, Okay. All right. Some edgy shit These all sound really good. Shit sound fantastic, let me tell you. And then finally, I said Into the Arms of Danger was a very lifetime title, but this one might be even more of a oh, lifetime yeah, title. Is... Killer Under the Bed. After her dad dies, Kylie fle- feels the world is against her until she finds a doll riddled with pins in her backyard. Believed to hold supernatural powers, Kylie is concerned when the doll starts acting on its own. With Christy Swanson of Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie fame. And Quiggs, you'd probably know Christy Swanson from Dude Where's My Car as Christy Boner. Oh my god, that's her. That's her. And uh I that's think funny. I think the audience at large probably knows her best from Big Daddy, where she's the guy who slept with the guy with old balls. Uh, yes, of course. Of course. This is old balls. Of course. I'm just glad I got to say old balls on this podcast, you know, making it a yeah. I We got to talk about everything this week. Ivan Proveroff, trade rumors, old balls, everything. I said the words Christy Boner. Jam- I mean, this is a slam-packed show. Jam-packed. Absolutely jam-packed. Well, it is slam-packed because we talked about sl- Slam and Sammy. So it's, it is slam Slam. <laughs> yeah, go. I don't know. A lot, a lot of juicy intel in here. Yeah. So what, what do you think the odds are 
for this to be not only made but actually good like it's got to be like plus like 20,000 uh I honestly don't know. I, I I'll say it, you know I'm going to I'll say it gets made I think if when it gets made I think it'll get like a 4 out of 10 5 out of 10 Okay. I mean, there are a shit ton of streaming services just looking for as much tangy tent as they can get out there. So, okay, that's my other question for you. What streaming service does this end up on if it does get made? Oh, um... I'll... I'm thinking, like, a Roku original. <laughs> I'm thinking... What the... F- my phone is just think counting me down I think, for five I, I, minutes for no reason. Oh, that's a, that's a trap! You're done for quicks. I don't know what the, I don't know what's going on. I, I mean, that's as good a note to, to end the show as any, but uh, yeah, that really? sounds, that sounds serious. Did get, you hear that? Yes, I did. You got to get out of the that house immediately. Um, <laughs> that was odd. Um, I feel like, wait, what was your question again? That oh totally threw me off. <laughs> that totally, I was like, so yeah, that was really weird. What streaming service is the oh, Slam and Sammy? You think Netflix say, is going to take the, the Broad Street Bully show? Wow. Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. How about that? (laughs) Why not? Why not? Okay. And I think I don't want to do it today because we're running, uh, well, not long by old fly purpley standards, but maybe by current standards. We're running a little long, but uh, I would love to go through and think. I think for next, well, not next week because I have a programming note on that, but uh, next episode, I would love to spitball some casting for this Broad Street Bully show. Oh. I think that's a great idea. My only request is that David Harbour be involved in some way, because I've been seeing him <laughs> with all the Stanley Cup uh, like promos and stuff on TNT, and I just love David Harbour, so get him involved. Help out your friends, David. Yeah. We're friends. I don't know, I don't know if helping friends. us out is help, like helping Slam and Sammy is helping us, but... Oh, well, yeah. That's... I mean, I want it to be good. You know, it's, I've never had anything yeah, personal against cool. Slam and Sammy. I just find him hilarious. Like with the fucking Thanos trade rumor and everything. Like, you know, the man is hilarious. Yeah. He doesn't try to be, but he's very funny. This is our last episode ever for the Stanley Cup final. It is. Uh, so get, you, it's the last game Steve? tonight. <laughs> I love that you're saying it's the last game. Um, it's probably the last no. game. Game five is tonight. Yeah, but it's probably it more game. than likely will be the last. That's game. that's my prediction. I think Vegas closes yeah. it out tonight. Vegas wins. Not only is Vegas at home and up three to one, but also Matthew Kachuk might not play, and it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Like without Matthew Kachuk, like the Panthers still have a ton of great players. Don't get me wrong. Like Barkov is phenomenal, but but not a, not enough. Not enough. Kachuk's really been the spark plug for this team. Bobrovsky. I mean, the Knights have solved Bobrovsky. They really have. Yeah. And the Knights are just fucking good, man. Like, they are just they're, they're depth. really good. It's it's their depth. They have, they're so deep. They have so many. Like, they can beat you in so many ways. I got to give you credit, too, because you were talking before the series about potential Con Smythe winners. And you mentioned March or so. And I was like, I don't know. And you know what? He's the front runner right now. He's crushing it. He shows up in big games. Like, he, I've said it so many times. Marceau has that dog in him, Steve. He is just a <laughs> rabid coyote dog. Not only does he show up in big games, but he's also got a revenge series because the Panthers yes. are the team that gave up on him. And man, he's been taking it to him. Like this shit usually happens to Philly teams. So it's very funny to see it to happen to somebody else. 
I know. Yeah. It's, it's wild. He's just, he's been so good. And I know Jack Eichel has been really good too, but I really feel like Marcia. So has been the straw that stirs the drink for Vegas. I think he's so, so, so important to that line with Eichel and Barbashev. So I, I just, I'm a huge Marcia. fan. I think he would be a amazing flyer. Like he would be beloved in Philadelphia if he played in Philly, but he doesn't. And he's probably going to retire a golden Knight. Nobody's coming here anytime soon. Come on. We got to get, we got to tear it all down and make it attractive for people to come in. That's what Danny. Hey, I mean, on. you know what? Danny Briere speaks French. Jonathan Marceau is very French Canadian. Maybe they'll connect over French and have some baguettes. There you go. Truly subverting the Montreal Canadiens in that regard. They'll eat some croissants together. <laughs> I would love a croissant right now. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm very offended with my French last name of your uh, French. I'm not offended. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Jacques, sacre bleu. Steven Jacques is not, not very happy. All right, folks. It's time to call it. I got to go eat. I haven't eaten dinner yet. And I'm, 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 I'm pretty hungry at this point. And I, I was going to do a whole Jason Kelsey thing, but, you know, I'm too hungry. So, <laughs> Quigs. Mm. Where can people, okay, so wait, first, the whole thing is, if you have any feedback for us, unfortunately, still the best place for that is twitter.com.org.edu.musk.godyyy.ca. Quiggs, where can people find you on the Twitters? You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs, and breaking news, Matthew Kuchuk is out for game five, Vegas and five. R.I.P.D. R.I.P.D. It was nice knowing ye, Florida Panthers. <laughs> It was a good run and it's all over. Anything to plug for your work on Broad Street Hockey or the hockey news? Um, still have not. Uh, so I'm still working on the Flyers thumbs up, thumbs down series. Got a few players to go. Uh, last week, kind of, I took a break because of the slightly large news of Ivan Provorov. And now there's just a lot of, a lot of things coming out. A lot of tidbits coming out. The Flyers are the hottest team as far as trade rumors go right now. Like they are yeah, involved right in now, there's... the majority of the trade rumors out there. It's a lot of Flyers gossip happening. So Ooh. I kind of put the put the thumbs up, thumbs down series on the backseat. But that will be starting up again soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, so just kind of keep a lookout for that. And I'm still doing my weekly mailbag. So if you have any questions for me, send them to me at Ryan Quiggs with a Z on Twitter. And I'll include them in, the, uh, in my mailbag because uh, it'll be fun. There you go. Excellent. Follow Ryan Quiggs. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum if it's for hockey purposes. Make it Flyperbole. Quick programming note. We are not going to have a flight out next week. And that is entirely my fault because I am moving. Oh, wow. How about that? Well, I'm going to be in New York City as well. So New York City. So, yeah, I'm moving. Quiggs in New York. No show next week. Wah, wah. That's okay. Week after, not only are we going to have a show for you the week after, but... We also have the Broad Street Hockey Draft Party. And I know it might seem difficult to come down with a giant hole in I-95, but I'm sure, like life, you'll find a way, Flaypaniacs. You can go your own way. You can go your own way, that's for sure. I mean, I, I preferred the Jurassic Park, but the I was going to sing good. the Pat Benatar song, but then I just, I don't, I didn't. This, And I'm glad I did <laughs> <laughs> were you going was it pat which pat benatar song were you gonna sing isn't that pat benatar you can go your own way that's fleetwood mac my friend oh is it really yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> my. Hachi, machi. Uh. 
He's done fucked they're up. They're pretty synonymous. They're pretty synonymous. Those they're two. not. They are not. They're rather synonymous. They're not rather synonymous. That's just sacrilege yeah. right there. Come on. It's Fleetwood yeah, Mac. Right. Fleetwood Mac's le- like Pat Panatar is good. Fleetwood Mac's legendary. Come on. Nah, yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Uh, so Flip Herbley. I've um, never listened much to either of them. You haven't listened a lot to Fleetwood Mac? Oh no. I mean, I, I know Fleetwood Mac. Like, Landslide. Do, you, do yourself a favor. Fleetwood Mac's a lot more than Landslide. Come on, my friend. Can I sail through No, nobody the wants that. Don't do that. Ocean tide. I'd rather listen to Billy Corgan sing it than you. Let's not do this. Can I handle the seasons? Nope, nope, nope. That the flyers throw nope. my way. Nope, nope, nope. I'm throwing the thumbs yeah. down. Let's not do this. Nope. All right. We got to go. Right, in- we got to go. Yeah. It's Flyperbole on Twitter. It's also Flyperbole on Instagram and TikTok. Don't know what I'm doing with TikTok. One day I'll figure it out. Maybe not. Who gives a shit? And then P.S. <laughs> Broad Street Hockey. All that stuff. BSH Radio. Great. Go listen to them. They're great too. Oh, I know you. You're great. All sorts of fun stuff. I am getting loopy. It's time to go. Folks, thank you so much for listening. You're fantastic. We love you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow,